Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. John, how's, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How about you? Why are you, sir? Are you in trouble? Yeah, Did you, you do know, something I don't know about? <laughs> you know, I just, just felt like just giving you a compliment today. Well, thank you. I appreciate right. that, man. How you been? I'll be good. You know, I mean, it's, it's going well. That's all <laughs> I can say. Okay, well, that's good. No complaints. I mean, you know, it's it, day by day, week by week, month by month. and That's right. That's Walking goes. that road to heaven, right? Trying At least to, trying yeah. our best, right? Yeah, looking down <laughs> one step from the other. Well, man, it's good to be, you know, getting another show in. Because I'm an idiot, I did our last show thinking it was going to come out Thanksgiving week. So we did a Thanksgiving episode the week before Thanksgiving. So this episode, I'll just tell Let's everybody, ready. happy right. Thanksgiving. We went right. from us to you. Thank you for all you do throughout the year uh, for us to support us, for all of you going through the narrow road that are in the community, uh, for so many of you that have invited us to your parishes, um, just people that, all of you that send just messages of, of hope and support and just the stories of, of how this has helped you. Thank you for all of that. Victor and I, we both wish you, and Deacon Jeff, we wish you all a happy Thanksgiving as this will be coming out that week. So uh, a blessed Thanksgiving to all of you. And you know, what's also coming up is Giving Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And I don't do this a lot because it's just awkward for me to do this. But, you know, the ministry's getting in a place now where we're, we're really in a place where we can grow, where we need to grow. And there's a lot of opportunities that, that, we, that we've been blessed with lately, you know, going on Frad Show. I was on Keith Nestor's the other day, CFN Network, going on Shalom TV uh, next week. I mean, there's a lot of things that are getting our reach out there. And because of that, you know, we're, we need, we have more financial needs because there's things, you know, now things are getting a little bit overwhelming for me. I can't do everything the way I've been doing for a while now with running QuickBooks and doing all these different things. You know, I've outsourced my sister to help me uh, contractually with some of those things. But we're also like today, we, you know, we started construction on that studio at the house that Angela and I have, are, are putting our money in on. It has nothing to do with the ministry. We're building this, you know, from our own, our own pocket. And, you know, that studio is going to need to be, we're going to have equipment and things like that that we need. We built the structure because it's on our house. But, you know, the cameras, the equipment, all those things are, uh, are needs that, we, that we, we're going to have here in a few months. And so for the ministry to move forward and to grow the way that I think God wants it to, I, I'm asking people to consider giving to us on Giving Tuesday. That's November the 30th. You know, if you're, if you're a guy out here that's been touched in any way by, by any of the shows we've done, any of the videos, the conferences we've been on, the narrow road, any of that, I just ask, you know, on behalf of everybody here at Pew Ministries, if you would consider donating here at the end of the year. A lot of people start to look at the end of the year for, you know, their year-end donations for tax write-offs. And then especially if you're a guy that, you know, has a company and you're looking for somewhere to, to, uh, to help the company with tax benefits and stuff like that. We are part of Pew Ministries, a nonprofit. And so anything that you give to us is a tax donation, uh, you know, a tax-free donation. So this is all going to go to do all these things. We have so many men signing up for the narrow road that last month I didn't have enough. And because I had to order extras and it, weren't, it wasn't the regular bulk quantity, we had to pay double for them. But I, but I ate that cost because I wanted to get those in the hands of the men that ordered them right then and there. And so there's always these costs that are going. And, and so I'm asking, you know, just on behalf of us, if you're looking for somewhere to give some money, if you're looking for a charity for Giving Tuesday or an end-of-the-year donation, please consider giving it to us. And you can do that 
at donorbox.org slash pew. Uh, you can be sure that we will, we're going to use every bit of that money to put right back into the ministry, to grow, to take the podcast into a video version, which so many people have asked about too, to fix this studio, to get the stuff we need to do, the training course videos for the men's, you know, the men's leadership training courses and all of those things. So again, uh, humbly we ask if you're going to consider giving uh, somewhere for Giving Tuesday or the end of the year that you would consider giving to us so that we can get better at what we do and make everything we do better. Again, you can do that at donorbox.org slash pew. Um, also, I want to just remind everybody, we have the new Book Me page up. So there's a calendar there. A lot of people reach out all the time and say, hey, where are you going? What are you doing? Are you coming this way? Now you can see that on the calendar. So you can look at a full year's calendar, I believe, or the next three or four events. Everything is what comes in, we're adding there. So you'll know if we're coming to your area and you can come and join us and come hang out with us. Uh, also, you can sign up for the pilgrimage there with Father Larry Richards. We, uh, they called me today and we've had several people sign up for this in the last few days and few weeks. So uh, there's not a limit at this point, I don't think, on, on how many people mm-hmm. we have. I mean, we don't want to take you know 400 people because that would be a hard group to manage. That would be impressive. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but we are, you know, go ahead. If, you, if you're interested in going and walking in the footsteps of the Lord, going through the Holy Land with somebody that's been there a lot of times and Father yeah. Larry and somebody that'll be going for his first time and is just super excited about it, then you can go there to that book me page at justagownthepew.com too and sign up for the pilgrimage there. We also have a retreat we're planning here in Memphis for February. There's more details coming on that. There'll be a registration page up for that. There's a limited space of 25 people. I'll let you guys know when that's coming out. But all of that, again, including booking me for parishes, uh, parish missions, conferences, men's groups, retreats, any of that stuff, you can do all that with a submit me form at the bottom of that book me page as well. Uh, as always, guys, the narrow road right now is at 50% off your first month. So if you want to sign up, our next two months of virtues are going to be vulnerability in December and uh, temperance in January. So guys, there are men that are con- consistently signing up and finding their lives changing every day. It's just such a beautiful thing to hear from so many of these men that have said, I've got my book. It's working. It's helping me. I'm growing. I know for finally in my life, I'm becoming different. This is what I've been looking for. So guys, if you're looking for that, that you know process of simple things you can do in your life to build habits that are towards virtue and goodness and towards being a man that you're called to be, then you can find that in the narrow road. You can sign up for that on justagownthepew.com at join the community or the narrow road at the top of the page. And you can join hundreds of men from around the world right now that are, that are going through this program and, and enjoying company of each other on monthly Zooms and all that stuff. So if you can find all every bit of what I just mentioned at justagownthepew.com. Well, Victor, this week is this show is is really dedicated to a question I've been asked a few times here lately. Uh, I had a man reach out to me on Facebook Messenger today, and he was actually it was from one of the Narrow Road ads. You know, mm-hmm. there's paid ads that go out, you know, to people about informing them about the Narrow Road, and he just simply said, "Is this for I'm a fallen away Catholic? Is this for me?" And he started to share a little bit of a story and 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 said, you know, he'd had some difficulties, he had a divorce, and wasn't annulled, and he had a girlfriend, and just seemed like everything was taking him away from the church. I had another guy the other day start, you know, kind of basically same thing through the messenger, pouring out all the trouble he'd had in his life and all the sins he'd committed and that he just felt so far away from God and that God would never want him back, would never allow him back, that God didn't, his mercy, God's mercy didn't include him. Right. Those things, and the things we've talked about a bunch, but all of these people have a same question, the same sort of question is how, you know, how do I get back to it? What is the process basically? of coming back into relationship with the Lord. Um, and that's that's the thing. Like, 
there's a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. But if you look at different stories like mine or or just anybody else's you want to grab, at some point there's a there's a sin or something that's keeping them from God. And then there's a point where somebody either has enough or they hit rock bottom and they turn back to God. And there's a process for that. Well, I mean, there's a couple places in scripture that we can go back and over the last few days, you know, I've I've the last two days of readings really, I've found a place in in Luke where you know today's reading was about Zacchaeus and then the day before about the blind beggar when Jesus is going into Jer- Jericho and then now with Zacchaeus when he's in Jericho um, these stories of two guys that were really out there looking for healing looking for mercy looking for repentance and looking for um, a, a relationship with God again right so that's what we're going to talk about today well one was a chosen path Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector he worked his way up into the system, knowing that he was somewhat pushing himself away from his Jewish heritage. Sure. In a sense where the fam- family was there, and then yet he had a lot of Gentiles come and visit him as his friends, because guess what? No Jewish family would really work with him because yeah. he's a tax collector. And then the blind man was probably, we assume he was born blind, unless sure. there was an accident. It's where it really wasn't his fault, you know? Mm-hmm. But yet he was crying out for mercy because internally there was something that he just really wanted to change you know like we talked about these uh not to diverge but talk about those lepers that you know were probably 10 of them that oh, you know, yeah they, the they went that... away and one came back well those nine were probably so invested in their their outer look you know mm-hmm. their the um the vanity of mm-hmm. being restored and that one came back was you know already was more for uh internal work you well, know, he same was thing. thankful. Right, yeah, he was thankful. He wanted to, yeah. So he wasn't really worried about the outer look anymore. He was. He just wanted God. You know, he right. just wanted to know Christ. And the same thing. I think a blind man. At one, he wanted to be to see, but then he got something so much more, which is the Holy Spirit. Sure. And he understood that he was a sinner. And we're going to talk about him in just a second. I want to start off with with the with the reading uh, from today about Jump Zacchaeus. Back. Yeah, Zacchaeus. Yeah, and it says, you know, it's from Luke nineteen one through ten, and it says. You know, he, Jesus, he entered Jericho and was passing through, and there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and rich, and he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not on account of the crowd because he was small of stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for uh, he was to pass that way. Now, I don't understand what it is to climb into a tree. I'm six foot eight, so I've never yeah. needed to do that. It's fun. <laughs> Apparently he did. <laughs> but uh, and when, when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he made haste, he came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured. This is the crowd, of course. Mm-hmm. He has gone to be the, the guest of a man who's a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I've defrauded any one of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So when you hear the story, my mind goes back to being in a Baptist church, and like Mm -hmm. it was one of those sing-along Bible stories, you know, like Noah and the Ark, and Daniel in the lion's den, and Joseph in the coat of many colors. I remember that. There's some song about Zacchaeus in the tree. Yeah, yeah. and all of that stuff. So my mind, whenever I hear this, it kind of goes to that. But for some reason, I guess just with these people reaching out and wanting to know this process, I read these in a different light today. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm always telling people, it doesn't matter how many times you've read the scriptures, if you're reading them, seeking what God is trying to say to you that day, then you're going to get different messages all the time in your life uh, that lead you to different places and different 
realizations that God wants you to come to in your life. Right, depending on what struggle you're dealing with at that very moment. Right, too. And, yeah. and in this case, you know, I'm a guy that's listening to other people's struggles, and then mm-hmm. you know, it's it's we have this this platform here to be able to share things about what we found out. So, in this, I just want to go through some of the lines and 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 just illustrate the process that happens in this story here. So first of all, you know, it says Zacchaeus it was a chief tax collector and rich. We know, as you said, people didn't like yeah, him. He, he, he probably took a little off, off the top. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's they hated. I mean, he was hated by everybody. The, right. the 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 Jews, the Romans, everybody hated him. The Romans hated him because he was a Jew. The Jews hated him because he was a tax. Collector. But they liked him because he was getting money for the state. Right. But yeah, but it was but, he was different from them. And still. he wasn't yeah. just a tax collector. He was a chief right. tax collector, which means he was in charge. And so it says that he sought to see Jesus, who was. Or he sought to see who Jesus was. This is an important part because at every part of our life, and I remember in my story, how many times, how many times I wanted to just get better. I wanted to right. change. I wanted to be different. And I kept falling back into everything. There's always some sort of distraction or some sort of thing in the way. But eventually we come to the point where we're like, I want to see Jesus again. I want to know Jesus again. And that's either because we've hit rock bottom or because we know we're going to if we don't stop. Mm-hmm. And we're given a grace in that moment to turn back towards the Lord. So Zacchaeus in this moment is seeking Jesus, which is the first step in the process. All right, I've got to stop what I'm doing and seek Jesus. The second thing is it says, but could not. He could not because on account of the crowd and because he was small of stature. Mm-hmm. So this is what happened to us a lot, right? Things get hard. We start to turn away. If we have an addiction, that addiction grips us and tries to pull us back. If we don't have an addiction and we're just in some sort of sin, you know, re- repetitive uh, habitual sin, then the devil has his hooks in us and he keeps ripping us backwards because he doesn't want us to be free to go follow and find Jesus because that means he loses us. So either the world, the flesh, and the devil are out there saying, no, you don't want to be different. You don't want to change. You're going to lose everything. Those are the things that stand in our way. But this time, Zacchaeus made his mind up, no, I'm going to Jesus, right? This is the He is the one that's going to be able to help me. I cannot help myself, right? And, and, and he's the one that can help me. So he runs on ahead and climbs up into a sycamore tree to see him, right? He did what he had to do. He didn't let the world, the flesh, the devil, anything else stop him. He continued on, and even though it probably was embarrassing for him, mm-hmm. and people were staring at him and saying, what's that weird little dude doing up in that tree? All that stuff. He said, I don't care because I know I need Jesus. And, and for him, he was able to pass that way, and he quit making the excuses in his life, and he went, he went to great lengths, whatever it took him to do to be able to see Jesus. Now... Jesus looked up and saw him and said, hey, come out of the tree, right? Hurry up and get out. I got to go to your house. So now Jesus understands that he's looking for him and Jesus comes calling, right? And that's what happens in our life. Whenever we open that door, even a crack to our hardened hearts, Jesus is there. He shows up because it's the moment he's been waiting for our entire life or the entire situation where we've been away from him. So Jesus shows up and then he says, I'm going to eat with you. Right? I don't care what you've done, right? Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what you've done. I need to have time with you. And so that's what he does. In the midst of all the people, the world, everybody's still shouting in the background, what are you doing? He's bad. Don't spend time with him. You're selling your reputation. All that. Jesus couldn't give two flips about that. He goes and he sits down. And then um, when all this happens, Zacchaeus stands up and says to Jesus, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. This is the moments of repentance. Mm-hmm. This is when 
Zacchaeus, because he has opened his heart to Jesus, Jesus has shown up and said, I want you. You're worthy. I love you. I don't care what you've done. Now Zacchaeus' heart is opened up to admit the sins of his life, the things that he's done wrong, to, to, um, to repent and respond by saying, Lord, I'm now going to act in your for you in my life. It's like one of the first confessions, and and you see someone confessing to God, you know, to Jesus as a bodyman of God, saying, "Forgive me. I will do what I need to do to to pay back all the things I've done wrong to other people." Right. And he and because of that, that the reconciliation, you see that flip. His heart is totally flipped back from like the selfish like all-consuming avarice need to collect money and and power and authority through that to where he's like i don't care anymore i found something that is lasting and it's just this man jesus christ right and that's what happens it's so long like he was caught up in the sin and we're afraid of this of the repentance Mm -hmm. instead of the sin you know there's a saint that says something along those lines i don't i can't think of it off the top of my head but he says do not be afraid of this of the of the repentance be afraid of the sin Right, the thing that you're doing all the time. When you repent, there's nothing but mercy. In mm-hmm. fact, Saint Isaac uh, the Syrian says, "Repentance is the gate of mercy, which is open to all that seek it." Right, and this is what what is happening here is that he he was no longer afraid of the repentance, afraid of the judgment right. that the devil so often tells us is waiting for us when we clean out our hearts and clean out the sin in our lives. That you're going to be met with God's wrath, not God's mercy. And so he comes here. And, and then Jesus says, after that he has repented and responded with what he's going to do to basically amend my life. It's like a confession at the end. Mm-hmm. I, I go in and I make a promise to amend my life, right? That's what we say in confession or along those lines. And it says, Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Like not just to that house, not to the dwelling place, but to the dwelling place of his heart, mm-hmm. right? And and people now have seen this conversion in him, and it's going to change the lives of all those that are there. And Jesus goes on to say, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. For all of you out there that might be listening to this that are falling away from the church, or you're one of these guys that have sent a message today that I've talked about, like this is the message of Christ to you. I came to seek and save the lost, I'm not here to judge you and condemn you and to and to and to uh, pour my wrath on you. I love you and I'm here to give you my mercy. But you have to do what Zacchaeus did, right? You have to realize and say, "I'm done with this," you know. Or when you hit rock bottom, you have to realize I'm at rock bottom and I need to turn my face back upwards, humbly look upwards to God and ask for that mercy. And so, you know, at that point, I want to get over here to what we were talking about with um with the beggar the first you know the reading from the day before where jesus is entering jericho and it says this reading says as he drew near to jericho and this is luke 18 35 43 a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging and hearing a multitude going by he inquired what this meant you know he's blind he didn't know he's well, he heard all this screaming. like a parade yeah. or something going on what's yeah. going on yeah that's right and so they said they told him jesus of nazareth is nazareth is passing is passing by and he cried out Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were, in, who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded to be brought to him. When he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, let me receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Mm-hmm. Again, Another process displayed here, and it's a very similar process. This guy had physical wounds, right? I mean, like you said, he was probably born blind. And so all he wanted was to be able to see again. 
So many of us have wounds that are that are, are spiritual wounds, things we've done to ourselves, things other people have done to us. You know, some of them may be physical, but a lot of times we just all have wounds that we don't deal with. And those wounds hold us captive and they keep us where we are and we're afraid to we, we want to put a band-aid and let it, you know, and hope that it gets better when we really need to rip that band-aid off and let good clean air get to it so it doesn't fester and it doesn't, you know, pollute the rest of the body. Mm-hmm. Right. And so this man here, he realizes he needs Jesus. The same thing Zacchaeus, something's wrong in my life. I can't fix it. I need somebody else. And so he literally cries out when he finds out Jesus is anywhere near him. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Screams that out. And again, those who were in front of him rebuked him, just like with Zacchaeus. They, you know, they they all were, it, were you know, things were in the way. Like it said over there, i got to remember because I'm, I'm forgetting. That on account of the crowd, he couldn't get near Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it said. Well, again, here's something else. The crowd this time is rebuking the beggar, the blind beggar, and saying, shut up, be quiet, leave him alone. He doesn't want anything to do with you're you. You're unclean. You're right. just, you're nothing. Yeah. Then again, right. the voice of the devil, shut right. up, be quiet. Jesus doesn't want you. If he knows what you've done, he wouldn't want anything to do with you. Mm-hmm. Well, right? well, that's the thing, because people were blind, they thought that they did a sin in right. their birth or whatever. You know, yeah, something that happened, someone my parents did, it, did something. Yeah, so you're guilty, mm-hmm. you know, of sickness, disease, or whatever, you know. Right, so they're thinking, like, you're reaping what you sowed over right. there, so be quiet. Yeah. So they're yelling all this stuff. But he doesn't take it. He's at that point in his life where he goes, this is my one chance, right? I probably will never have Jesus pass by me again when someone tells me he's here. And so he cries out even more, son of David, have mercy on me. It's that moment where he says, I I have to have this. Nothing is going to stop me. And so he gets Jesus' attention, right? And again, Jesus hears that cry, Lord, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Lord, help me. And Jesus can't help but turn and run to that. A true cry of repentance. Right, a cry of repentance to run over there. And so he persevered through all that, right? When people told him no, when the world said no, when you're not deserving of it, he kept persevering and he kept seeking the Lord. And the Lord shows up. This is the process, right? When we open our hearts. So the Lord shows up and it says, he goes, what do you want me to do for you? That is the question Jesus asks all of us Mm -hmm. when we come to him. It's not like he doesn't know, but he needs us to choose the path that he can can lay out before us, right? What do you, I know what you need, but what do you want me to do? What is your choice in the matter? And so this guy says, Lord, let me receive my sight. Lord, I repent. Give me what I cannot give myself. What I've said in that jail cell, what so many other people have said. And then Jesus says to him, receive your sight. Mm -hmm. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God and all the people. And when they saw it, they gave praise to God. So again, the beggar humbly asked for what he needed, which is what we need when we're at that place in our life where we know we need Jesus to become humble and realize that we can't do it on our own. And that's when he said, I need you. I can't see without you. Without you doing something to me, I'm stuck this way. And so he humbly received that. He asked for God's mercy. He persevered in the need. He didn't let the world turn him back. or He didn't give a flip anymore what anybody said. He, just like Zacchaeus, who climbed that tree, he pushed his way to the front of that crowd and screamed as loud as he could until the Lord saw him. He gave his life right then and there to the Lord. This is the last piece of the process. When Jesus heals us, we don't say thank you very much and leave and turn from him and go about our business. We give our life to him. Right, We realize that he's done something for mm-hmm. us that we could not do for ourselves. And that is what calls us to glorify God. That is why I do this every day of my life. Because Jesus did something for me that I could not do for myself. And it made me realize, as all these other people said, when they saw it, they gave praise to God. That when, when someone who has had, so, God has done something for someone and they witness their lives, 
other people come to know Christ through it. And that is my way of trying to repay the Lord for what he's done in my life. And it's the way that all of us are called to repay the Lord for what he's done in our life is to go out and do what he's asked us to do. Again, we all have different gifts and different purposes within our main purpose. And that's for us to figure out. But this should always be, I can't fix myself. I have to come to grips with what's wrong with me. Then I, no matter what happens, I finally take a stand in my life and say, no more of this. No matter who tells me I'm not good enough, no matter who gets in my way, no matter what the devil tries to lie to me about, I do whatever I can to fight and claw and, and get to Jesus. And once I do, I let him heal me because I can't heal myself. I thank him for it and I turn around and glorify him. This is the process to come to know Jesus and to live as a Christian again in your life. Well, the fantastic thing about this scripture, even though we don't know the, the name of the blind man, he, he left a prayer uh, called the Jesus Prayer. And what he said is, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, upon me. Now we substitute son of David as son of God. Sure. And so this is an ancient prayer that goes back into like the, the uh, Eastern Orthodox, you mm-hmm. know, where you would meditate on this prayer, Jesus, son of God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. You know, and it's, it's such a repetitive in the sense of calming influence of, of God, I'm here in front of you. I see you, you see me. Right. And, and he contributes so much to the, just those words because it's, it's true. Yeah. We're all aching in our heart to kind we're of. We're all prideful. Right. Yeah. We're all aching to just to let out loose and say, Jesus, have mercy upon me. Yeah, we are. We are. And it's, it's, it's either our pride that keeps us from the Lord mm-hmm. or the fear that we're going to be judged and face his wrath, all those things. Are we simply become so used to the lies of the devil that we believe it to be the gospel truth instead of the gospel being the truth? What Jesus says over and over again, come to me, bring me your burdens. My, my, you know, my yoke is light, right? All of those things. I'm meek and humble of heart. I love you. I'm here for you. I no longer call you slaves, but friends. These are all things that Jesus tries to give us in the gospel so that we know that he is waiting for us to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. And so for anybody out there that's listening, this is the process. Go back and spend time in your own way with these two gospels, right? The one from today, which is the, which is the 16th of November, the one from yesterday, from November the 15th. These are two, these are the reasons I think these are, that God ordained these and, in, 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 you know, called them to be put in the gospel right. is because these are two examples of you want to know how to give your life back to God. You want to know how to find his mercy and ask for it and go live your life for him. Look at these two men who didn't let anything stop them before they could give their life to God. And what was their reward? They, they were healed. They were given what they needed. And then they were given an opportunity to serve God for the rest of their lives in the way that he called them to. So guys, I hear that music. Look, that is the process to, to understand your life is not right, to clear out what's not right in your life, to ask for God's mercy, to turn to him and confidently expect him to give you what he says he will give you. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we're also very broken and in need of a Savior. Our hearts know this, but the world, the devil, and our own pride keep us from acting on it. Give us the courage to take a leap of faith. Help us to do what is necessary to come to your mercy. And Lord, whenever our pride starts to get in the way, please give us the grace to humbly cry out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me, a sinner. In the name of the Father, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.